This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 2006, intrepid treasure hunters thought they'd hit the jackpot, but confusion over the wreck's identity and questions about their honesty would lead to a bitter court battle and empty pockets. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas. And in this case, lies. Yeah, some whoops lies. Dishonesty. <laughs> Greed. Cheating. I wouldn't presume to lie to the Spanish government. I have nothing to hide. Unless, of course, I found a shipwreck and my finger is placed just so against against my lips. Like, oh, mm. like, oh. And should I be, say, in possession of illegal goods found on a wreck that is mine? I shall say, lo siento. That's right. Yes. Well, lo, lo siento. Lo siento. It's not a lo C, ciento. though. Lo siento. Lo siento. So I'm going down to Ibiza, right? Yeah. It's me and, and the boys. We're in Barcelona, right? That's right. You're looking for th- uh, ships. I was going to say thips, thips, and I realized that's not, yeah, thips. doesn't make any sense. Thips. Welcome to Thip Hits the Fan. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, who are these guys? What guys? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, I thought you were going to... You don't know? No. Oh, okay. So, in 1994, <laughs> two colleagues who had separately worked locating shipwrecks and underwater archaeological sites decided to join forces and create Odyssey Marine Exploration, Inc. It's a good name. Yeah. Nautical researchers, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got it figured out. Because they have the... the uh, the romance of the sea. Yes. But also the scientific know-how. Yes. It's a, it's an analytical look at the terrors of the deep. Right. <laughs> That's what I say about our show. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> no one's ever accused us of being analytical. Or deep. No. Greg Stem and John Morris were each skilled divers, but had also invested in emerging technologies as a means of finding and retrieving underwater treasure. They began scanning the ocean floor at coordinates where they believed blockchain, wrecks had occurred. Blockchain, you think that's what they were using? Yes, Probably the blockchain. in 1994. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's what they were using to find these ships. So they began scanning the ocean floor at coordinates where they believed wrecks had occurred to try and find the remains of ships. I mean, that sounds standard, right? Well, I mean, you go 19- where you think a ship might be and then look for it. 1994, they previously used to just search where they thought ships might not be. Uh, this changed in the hopes that they would everything. Trick the <laughs> Catch it unawares. Right, right, right. So yeah, they were not the only people uh, doing this, of course. But by comparison at the time, they were doing it better than almost anyone else. They're pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Over the next decade, they stumbled upon a number of treasure-heavy and archaeological significant wrecks. Odyssey was great at finding boats, but they were not so good at identifying them. <laughs> Throw it on the pile. Yeah. Another ship. Or, spoiler alert, maybe they were pretty good at identifying them, but not so great at disclosing what they had identified. Interesting, interesting. So, in the late 90s and early 2000s, oh, what what a great time, huh? There was so much happening in culture, in the sea, it's and the between. Best. What I wouldn't give to go back. <laughs> You've uh, been jonesing for a, a new metal to make a return. Well, that that can stay <laughs> in the past. Uh, yeah, Acid so- wash jeans? Yeah, why not? You have to make some sacrifices, right? <laughs> if we're if we're bringing back the late '90s and early 2000s, <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah, acid wash jeans can come back. Yeah, as can chain wallets. 
<laughs> they never left. Because those, ne- those never. Yeah, those are so cool. Because <laughs> no one's taking you for a ride then. Uh, in this uh, most wondrous of time periods, they began their search for HMS Sussex. Via ocean scans and accounts of where they believed the ship would be, they stated that they had located the wreck off the coast of Gibraltar, approximately 2,500 feet below sea level. Part of the reason Odyssey was so desperately looking for HMS Sussex is that they believed that when she sank, she was transporting 10 tons of gold to Savoy to purchase the loyalty of Duke Victor Amadeus II. Then, you know, she sunk in a severe storm off the coast of Gibraltar, and that was in 1694. Good year. Good year. Good year. Now, I myself have put great wealth and time into pleasing Duke Victor Amadeus II. Yeah. Uh, or at least someone who <laughs> claims to be the reincarnation of Duke Victor Amadeus II. So you're, I get it. Yeah, I you're understand. buying somebody off somewhere. And that's, that's not all I'm doing. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Elaborate on that. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. But even though they'd believed they'd found the resting place of the Sussex, they couldn't excavate just yet as they didn't have permission from the UK government or the government of Gibraltar, which I think is kind of the same because it is a territory of the British government. Mm-hmm. But it is off the, it's off the um, Iberian Peninsula. Okay. They were still a new company, and they needed to prove that they had the technology and skills to excavate a wreck that large and historically significant. So they set their sights on something a little closer to home. In 2003, they were able to locate and excavate the SS Republic, a Civil War-era steamship that was lost off the coast of Georgia en route to New Orleans. Using sonar and magnetometer technology, along with remotely operated vehicles and underwater photography, and presumably the blockchain, uh, (laughs) they were able to verify and document the storm damage to the ship and potentially prepare for excavation. Wow. Yeah. They retrieved over 51,000 gold and silver coins, along with 14,000 additional artifacts. It was considered a resounding success, which inspired two different documentaries as well as books published about the ship and the treasure. A really big find for dads everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ham radio hotlines were blowing up over this for sure. Yeah, it was like the uh, the help, the aid for Gondor <laughs> spreading, yeah, 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 spreading yeah. across the world. This was the kind of success they needed as proof of concept for continuing their search for the HMS Sussex. While they continued to locate a handful of other smaller wrecks, they began working with the UK government to make plans for locating the Sussex. They began their investigation in December of 2005 and started surveying the area believed to be the resting place of the HMS Sussex. Unfortunately, the Sussex excavation site was dangerously close to something else. (gasps) Spain. What? Or España. España. In June of 2006, Spain requested that Spanish archaeologists also be included as part of the excavation, just in case this was a Spanish vessel and not the Sussex. Okay. So many S words. Yes. It's it's all tongue twisters. You mean F words? Yes, I do. Spain had every right to be suspicious of the excavation. Odyssey had all but declared it to be the Sussex, but the excavation area was known to be a common place for wrecks from that area both Spanish and British, because they were frequently at war. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Loose lips don't sink ships. War. No. War sinks yes. ships. Exactly. If anyone found a ship in the vicinity, 50-50 chance it was Spanish. Regardless, the inclusion of the Spanish archaeologists caused a delay in the project. A delay that I don't think ever 
was resolved. Oh, okay. Because we're done with the Sussex now. Oh. You can, yeah, forget the Sussex entirely. Forget the what? That's old news. The Sussex. It's already gone. Oh, okay, good. Due to the delay, Odyssey threw themselves full force into one of their other contracts, this time with the Discovery Channel, our parent company. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I feel so close to this this company. I know, isn't it crazy? They had coordinated with the UK government so that the Discovery Channel could follow them on their search for the Merchant Royal. Now, the Merchant Royal was a 17th century English merchant galleon. She had a tonnage capacity of 700 tons, and she was 157 feet in length. Hold on. How long? 157 feet. 157 divided by 15. Oh, I Holy see. cow, that's over 10 Priuses. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Hang on. Is this a joke? Are you joking? Why wasn't that in the script? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. In addition to her Prius length, she was full rigged and is known to have had at least three masts, all fitted with square sails. She carried a crew of 57 and was outfitted with 32 bronze cannons. That is 32 more than a typical Toyota Prius. Yeah. The Merchant Royal and her sister ship, the Dover Merchant, were built in 1627 in Deptford Dockyard in London. They were specifically built as trading vessels, meant to travel to and from the, uh, in in huge quotes here, (laughs) newly discovered, uh, and huge cartoon quotes, West Indies with gold, silver, and spices. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may know the West Indies as the Americas where there was a uh, large and thriving population and culture. That's weird. How'd they get there if, like, no one had found it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I hope everything turned out okay for those people. No. Oh. Yeah. But, you know, we're here to talk about the Merchant Royal instead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So it was after one such voyage that the Merchant Royal met her tragic fate. Her crew had spent nearly three years from 1637 to 1640 trading with the Spanish colonies in the West Indies. At the time, England and Spain were at peace and trade between the various colonies was common. According to historical accounts, the Merchant Royal left port in the West Indies carrying 100,000 pounds of gold. How much? Charlotte, 100,000 pounds of gold. Wow, imagine how much cash you could get for that. Well, I'm so glad you asked because today that gold would be worth two billion something dollars. Something dollars. The currency of the future. (laughs) Wow, that's a that's a lot of gold. It's actually like it's like two and a quarter bill. Okay. Total two billion three hundred sixty nine million eight hundred thousand dollars. That's so much gold. That's so much gold. And in addition to that, they were also carrying four hundred bars of Mexican silver. That's about a mil. Maybe. Probably about a mil. Yeah. Mexican silver. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It sounds like something, but I quite haven't quite nailed down what. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican silver. They also had about 500,000 pieces of eight and other coins. So <laughs> uh, needless to say, I think this ship, the Merchant Royal, has become something of a holy grail for shipwreck hunters um, mm-hmm. because it is a... Uh, $2 billion payday. Mm-hmm. If you left the two bill on the table and just took the mills, you would still be wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. No, thanks. I'll just take the mills. Yeah, please. Just the <laughs> mills for me. You keep the bills. Sure. You want that bagged up? <laughs> I mean, even if you just took the the dollars, which I don't have a funny word for, you'd still have $800,000. Probably buckaroonies. 
Buckaroonies, oh, sure, buckaroonies. fine. Clams? Clams is good. You get to the surface and you go, oh, shoot, these are actual, these are real clams. Oh, I left the bills in the mills and only took the clams. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> One <laughs> million Mexican clams. So the problem with that quantity of gold is that it is crazy heavy. So heavy, in fact, that the Merchant Royal barely made it across the Atlantic, leaking badly for most of the trip. What, gold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. When she arrived with her sister ship in Cadiz, she attempted to make some repairs, but there were limits to what the crew could do without dry docking for months. Mm -hmm. While the Merchant Royal was docked in Cadiz, another ship burned in the harbor. That ship was supposed to be carrying treasure to pay for Spain's troop in Flanders. Like the Simpsons. No, not like the Simpsons. Okay. The captain of the Merchant Royal saw this as a chance to make a little extra cash. Oh. So he made a deal with the captain of the burned ship to carry the treasure to Antwerp. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the problem. Treasure, like gold, uh, because it is often gold, yeah. is very heavy. Yes, because this is before the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, so treasure wasn't on the blockchain yet. <laughs> The Merchant Royal leaked even worse than before. The minimal repairs that had been attempted in port were now straining under pounds and pounds, tons and tons, one might say, uh -huh. of treasure. The pumps were failing already under the strain of all that treasure and persistent leaks. Eventually, they hit a storm, the pumps failed completely, the hull of the ship buckled, and the Merchant Royal sank off the coast of Cornwall on September 23rd, 1641. Damn. Rest in peace. Yeah, RIP to the Merchant Royal. 18 of the 57 crew members were lost with the ship, while the remaining 39 made it to lifeboats and were rescued by her sister ship, the Dover Merchant. What what a kind of a panic attack is that when you realize you've just lost two billion dollars? Uh, it's probably not good, Patrick. This is the 1600s, so you're not like it's not like oh well, at least we know where we sunk and we can go get it. It's like no, that's gone forever. Yeah. And probably either the buyer or seller in this time period could just kill you, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. You're, they just I mean, this like, is Duke Amadeus or whatever. The so. second. No, wait, that yeah. was the Sussex. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So it's believed <laughs> that the treasure sank along with the ship as it was never recorded as reaching its destination. I mean, you can't fit that much gold onto a lifeboat. I could, but I wasn't around. <laughs> right. Obviously, this is the ship the Odyssey was looking for. Uh-huh. Uh, and they did find a ship, just not that one. Oh, okay. So that was, okay. So that's still gone. We faked you out. I mean, it's still interesting. Yeah, Anytime absolutely. you lose $2 billion to the, to the seabed, it's fascinating. Yeah. Their excavation in the area they believed held the Merchant Royal did yield substantial results. They had been able to retrieve a large number of silver coins from the wreck. Yeah. Uh, but there were some problems with the coins. Oh, no. For starters, <laughs> photos and records of the coins were blurred. But historians could determine, even from those blurred photos, that these coins dated from approximately 100 years after the sinking of the Merchant Royal. I see. So they must have tr cracked some sort of time travel scheme. Nope. They just found it the wrong ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> we'll discuss the nature of linear time off air. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. In a way, we already have. Yeah. Second, while they had initially identified their search radius as the believed resting place of the Merchant Royal... The eventual wreck site where they retrieved the coins was much closer to Gibraltar than Cornwall. 
it was nowhere near where the Merchant Royal would have sunk. So, what boat was it? Also, their whole uh, operating philosophy of go near where a ship sinks and then look for it. What happened? I told you, they used to sneak up on him. Oh, right. Right. Right, right, right. It's unclear if the Odyssey team knew which ship they had found and maybe just hid the information, or they didn't care what ship they found and just started grabbing treasure. Interesting. Like a bank truck that's in an accident on the freeway and spills cash everywhere. You ever see those <laughs> videos? Well, I've, seen just it, I've seen it done with out uh, their car. sharks. There was that truck oh, well, like that tipped over frenzy. with a bunch of sharks. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> like it actually yeah. spilled a bunch yeah, yeah. of sharks on the road. Uh, it was that. very much not a feeding frenzy. Actually, I think you could call it a tragedy. Sure. Only if you like sharks, though. Yeah, if not which, a huge win for humanity. I guess it depends how you came out of the Indianapolis episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them, you said about the sharks. <laughs> yeah. So what we do know for sure is that the Odyssey team knew definitely that it was not the Merchant Royal. They quietly flew thousands of coins to an undisclosed location in Florida to be examined by rare coin experts. Okay. I don't know why undisclosed location in Florida is so funny to me. Rare coin experts is also pretty funny. Yeah, well, that's a special type of nerd that is, I think, slowly dying away, like stamp guys. Yeah, it's the, the analog yeah. weirdos. Now we just have, yeah. like, weird tech guys. Mm-hmm. Like you. I'm not a what? <laughs> hmm? Go, go on. Yeah. Uh, these experts confirmed that while the find was substantial and historically significant, the coins were too late and too Spanish to be from the Merchant Royal. <laughs> these coins are much too Spanish. Pardon me. These coins are far too... Oh, wait, no, it's Florida. It's Florida. These coins is too Spanish. <laughs> I, I like the first guy. Like, pardon oh, okay. me, I'm sorry. I, I'm just back from Tampa. Where <laughs> <laughs> Where we summer? <laughs> I've just returned from clear water, and I must say these coins are much, much too Spanish. They're dreadfully Spanish. I think this British guy summers in uh, inland Florida because he got scammed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's believed that the ship they actually found was the Nuestra Señora de las Mercedes. Mercedes. Which we will call the Mercedes from here on out. I don't think it's believed that either. I think that is the ship they found Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. The Mercedes was a Spanish Navy frigate. Since she sank prior to modern record keeping, it's difficult to know the exact specifications of the ship, but we can guess based on other ships that we know, right? Absolutely, off the top of our heads. Looking at ships built around the same time for the same purpose, we can guess that she was likely between 120 to 150 feet long and between 34 to 37 feet wide. Now that's about two and a half Priuses. Yeah. In width. In width. Just about. In the length, I mean, 150 feet. You do the math. Yep. Her hold would have been approximately 10 feet deep, and she could have maintained a crew of anywhere from 100 to 200 people. Mm -hmm. We do know that the Mercedes carried 36 guns and two large bronze cannons. Those cannons, they might come up later. Okay, I'll keep it in mind. I'm thinking about it. The Mercedes was sailing. (laughs) What? The yogurt just meowed into the mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> leave it in? Yeah, leave it in. Now she's rubbing her face on it. Keep going. Yeah. The Mercedes was sailing off the south coast of Portugal on October 5th, 1804. Mm-hmm. At the time, Spain and England were at peace. Which at this time doesn't mean that they aren't occasionally still fighting each other one-on-one. Just means that the countries hadn't openly declared war on each other for a little while. I mean, it's like after a breakup, the couple, they weren't very good. But, you know, they'll still... 
they'll still sleep together every now and then. Occasionally. Sure, <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Until they openly declare war again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Electric E-Bikes. Moms do so much already, and all they get is a once-a-year brunch. So change it up this year. Get your mom her very own electric e-bike. Because let's be real, what mom really needs is some quality alone time, and electric e-bikes will take her wherever she wants to go and give her a little breathing room. Electric e-bikes can completely transform how you get around. Whether it's a quick store trip or an outdoor adventure, they've created a mode of transportation that anyone can ride. Their bike models are feature-filled and high-quality, and they don't cost a ton either, with financing as low as $73 a month. Plus, they've got tons of customizable options, from the fun XP Lite to a full-on cargo e-bike, the Expedition. You can even add cargo baskets, comfort upgrades, even passenger accessories on some models. Plus, they can reach up to 28 miles per hour, and they're foldable. It's super comfortable, super convenient, and it does fold down to a place where I can store it nicely. Celebrate your mom and give her all the freedom that comes with electric e-bike. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more and explore the epic models electric has to offer. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Tensions were still high. If you recall from the Queen Anne's Revenge episode, privateering was still legalized under contracts from the Crown. Privateering basically legalized piracy where uh, one country kind of deputizes you as a pirate mm-hmm. to loot and pillage from the ships of the other country. Well, you don't become a pirate until you just keep doing the exact same thing without one country's blessing. Yes, exactly. A, fi- a fine distinction, but an important one for those guys. Yeah, yeah. So that meant that each navy had a little loophole whenever they wanted to attack another country's ships. As long as you aren't like flying the flag, I think you can just say, well, we're privateers. Yeah, and you could just say you respect the flag. Yes, just flying yes, the exactly. Union Jack. Yep. So as long as you were doing, you know, sanctioned looting, war crimes were fine. War crimes also not not totally nailed down what that meant in this t- period. Uh, <laughs> I think most I think most things conducted during this time period were not just war crimes, but often crimes against humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Mercedes was in the wrong place at the worst possible time. They were traveling with a flotilla of other ships from Montevideo, Uruguay, to Cadiz in Andalusia. The Mercedes was weighed down with silver, tons of gold coins, cinnamon, quinoa, and vicuña, a type of llama. Interesting. Let's talk vicuñas, Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. They're believed to be relatives of the llama, but more importantly, they're considered to be the wild ancestors of modern domesticated alpacas. Really? Alpacas, who you may know, are bred for their extremely fine wool. Yeah, obviously, that goes without saying. Yeah. But that wool comes from 200 years of breeding for the best wool yield. Now, the vicuñas of yesteryear, (laughs) they still produced highly coveted wool, Mm -hmm. but they could only be shorn every three years for a small yield. (laughs) That's not enough wool. I know. What are you going to clothe? A baby? Actually, royalty. Ah. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Because when knitted or woven, the fabric is extremely warm and ever so soft. <laughs> but because it was so scarce, or at least so, you know, like, difficult to harvest, whatever you call that, the Inca only allowed royalty to wear garments made from this wool. Uh, and Vicuña's now the national animal of Peru. Wow. And to uh, keep an eye on our store, we'll be putting in a one single hoodie made from Vicuñan wool 
Uh, and it can only be sold to royalty or if you're clever pretenders to the throne. <laughs> yeah. So if you have documents or uh, just, you know, regal blood, uh, hit us up. Buy that shirt. And send us your blood. Send us your blood. Uh, so, yeah. By the way, for any Vicuña heads out there, <laughs> now would be a good time to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish were transporting them back to Spain, likely in hopes of breeding them and domesticating them the same way we've done with alpacas. The flotilla traveled past the south shore of Portugal, almost home, but dangerously close to England's waters. Sure enough, they were intercepted by a Royal Navy task force who demanded they dock in a British-controlled port and allow the Royal Navy to come aboard and inspect their ship. You can tell when it's English waters because the, there's a distinct uh, demarcation point where the water turns brown because it's filled with tea bags. Yeah, They're just exactly. steeping it. Mm-hmm. The captain of the Mercedes, Jose de Bustamante y Huera, refused because they weren't at war with England. The British had no right to give orders for their ship. He declared that he would not comply with the order. Yeah. The men returned to their respective ships, and the HMS Amphion fired a single shot. Oh my god. I know. I'm just like, reading it. Jesus. A bit. Oh my god. The shot hit the Mercedes magazine, which contained the gunpowder for all of her 36 guns and two cannons. Oh my god. Wow, what a shot. Do you think the British <laughs> even like intended to hit them? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like it was just a, a warning <laughs> maybe, shot. And then maybe they to happened hit, to like, hit part of the hull or one of the masts yeah. or something. <laughs> They happened to hit the self-destruct button. <laughs> they hit the payload. Yeah. This caused a near instant explosion that killed many crew members and sank the ship almost instantly. Of her crew of over 300, only 51 survived the sinking and were taken prisoner on board the British ships. Now, obviously, this caused significant loss of life, treasure, and vicunias. Ugh. Yes. So much loss, in fact, that the countries went back to war. Wow. The, literally the shot heard round uh, this part of the world. Yeah. It's understandable why Spain might want the artifacts from that ship. Not only have they been waiting on those vicuñas for years, but it's also a historical touchstone for them as a country. It's going to make one hell of a hat. I mean, it's an important, it's an important thing. Absolutely. In an attempt to legally claim the recovered cargo from the dive site, Odyssey filed for an arrest of the cargo on April 4th, 2007. This also required them to publish notice of the arrest the following month. At the time, they still implied the cargo had come from the Merchant Royal, or if not the Merchant Royal, a similar British ship. Mm -hmm. That's important, that it's British. British, very, very British. Within three weeks, the Spanish government had filed a claim against the cargo, arguing that it was not the Merchant Royal, and not British at all, uh, but it was, in fact, the Mercedes. The Mercedes was known to be carrying more than a million silver dollars at the time she sank. The Spanish government argued that a large cache of silver coins found in this specific location would be far more likely to be the Mercedes than the Merchant Royal. They were, of course, right. Huh. Up until this point, Odyssey had not made any information on the coins available, with the exception of the rare coins experts who had examined them. The following year, in 2008, Odyssey was ordered by a Tampa federal court to disclose details of the wreck site as well as some of the coins for testing to the Spanish government to assist in verifying the identity of the wreck. Wow. What a partnership. Tampa and the Spanish government. Yeah, Tampa, Florida. That's right. During those court proceedings, Odyssey disclosed their location in the Atlantic, which revealed it to be too far south to be the Mercedes. Given that the ship was the Mercedes... It's likely that they just did not disclose the correct coordinates. 
they probably gave fake coordinates. Cool. So why would they do this? Potentially to place the wreck in international waters. Under typical circumstances in international waters, salvage law would apply. Salvage law would entitle Odyssey to 90% of any treasure found. In Spain's filed claim, they argued that the wreck fell under sovereign immunity. It's a little confusing, but let's 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 try to break it down. Okay. Multiple sets of laws govern the oceans because they touch everybody <laughs> and our hearts. That's right. And certain laws can supersede others depending on the situation and location in question. What Spain is arguing is that because it was their naval vessel and it was attacked in peacetime, the sinking of the ship is unlawful, and therefore they should be entitled to any recovered treasure to recoup the loss. Now, granted also, at what point does the statute of limitations on that expire? Because was it 1694? It was. Yeah, I feel like that's a little, you know, uh, but uh, well, who am I to say? Who are I'm you? not Spanish nor British. That's true. Kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, but neither of those. Okay. So <laughs> uh, additionally, because some of the cargo was minted in Lima, that's Peru, the Peruvian government filed their own claim to the treasure. Spain agreed to share the treasure in the event of a settlement due to a shared cultural heritage surrounding the wreck. And maybe they just felt bad about, you know, what they did in Peru. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, During the court not. proceedings, <laughs> another of Odyssey's ships traveled through Spanish waters. Spanish authorities stopped and held the ship and demanded to search it. They believed the Odyssey vessel might have been transporting additional salvaged cargo outside the court agreements. There were concerns over the legality of holding the crew without their passports, and Spain responded by declaring that they were operating in their sovereign waters. Unfortunately, those also happened to be Gibraltar's waters. Or they were until the UK claimed that they were their waters. I don't, I don't understand this. I, I don't know how, uh, you know, this water is stuff tough. works. Point is, no one could agree. Regardless, Spain released the vessel and agreed not to stop any additional Odyssey vessels without specific cause. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. In the midst of all of this, Odyssey had failed to produce records refuting Spain's claims. And so on June 4th, 2009, a judge in Tampa, Florida, granted Spain's claim and ruled in favor of Spain's sovereignty in the matter. Odyssey appealed, and a different judge in December that same year granted them a stay on the order to turn over the treasure. This order would stay in place until 2011. Okay. Yeah. In January of 2011, Odyssey claimed that some language used in state documents suggested that the U.S. State Department had influenced the case in an attempt to retrieve a Pissarro painting for a private citizen. Uh, uh, but I guess this story was ultimately proven to be false. It's fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. In September of 2011, an additional court of appeals upheld the initial decision to defer to Spanish sovereignty regarding the treasure... Odyssey was ordered to return the 17 tons of silver coins and other treasures to Spain. <laughs> Over the next year, Odyssey filed multiple stay motions and requested to maintain possession. Ultimately, all of these appeals were denied, the final one being denied by Justice Clarence Thomas of the Supreme wow. Court. Wow. Every once in a while, a true scumbag actually does something right. There you go. Ultimately, the coins were returned to Spain on December 2nd, 2012. The Spanish government displayed the coins in their National Museum of Subaquatic Archaeology, where the wreck has its own permanent display. Cool. You can look it up. Yeah, there's photos. It's cool. 
Also, if you're, uh, you know, if you're traveling through Spain and happen to be at the National Museum of Subaquatic Archaeology, send photos to uh, on Twitter, Ship Hits Pod. Snap a pic, maybe two. Send or on TikTok if you want to record a video, a dance video in front of the coins. You could send that to us as well. I don't know if that's how TikTok Ship Hits works. Pod. I'm actually not super clear. Hmm? I don't have one. I'm too old. I think you can send it to us. Okay. We haven't really used it. Either way. It. <laughs> Either way, the battle was not quite over for Odyssey. In 2015, a U.S. district court ordered them to pay Spain a million dollars for abusive litigation. Now, see, if they just doubled down and went back to looking for the Merchant Royal and found it, they could leave the bills and the mills at the seabed and still have 800,000 clams to pay the Spanish (laughs) government. That's a lot of clams. So regarding that million dollars, the judge claimed that Odyssey knew they had a Spanish vessel throughout the entire process and deliberately hid the information in order to secure the cargo. I mean, duh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, my yeah, God. I'm just wow. I'm just hearing about this. The guys that oh, run I the thing. It's no like, idea. oh, my God, that's that's awful. Well, whoever did that or is responsible for this should own up for it i'll see if i can find them <laughs> their pockets are overflowing with uh, doubloons yeah, bulging with, with yeah, pieces yeah. of eight. Oh my god what is that was that here oh my god that's not mine i'll take <laughs> so, it and find who's ever it who whoever it, it is is i'll take yeah let me take care of it though <laughs> So, in 2017, using the full coordinates data following the release of the court documents, the Spanish Navy retrieved two large bronze cannons from the wreck, named Santa Barbara and Santa Rufina. That's So the cannons were named. That rocks. That's sick. Each cannon weighs two tons, and they're now part of the museum display. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. So, these days, per their website, Odyssey mostly sticks to deep sea mining uh, instead of treasure hunting. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be good at it, but they seem to be bad at uh, holding on to it. Yeah, so maybe they yeah. were bad at it. They were good They're at really good at getting fumbling it. bags. Yeah. They're they, really good at getting bags, yeah. but then also fumbling immediately them. fumbling and then further yeah. losing some of their own bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do wonder, like, had they not lied, had they not like hidden all this and done all this court stuff, I wonder if they would have been able to just like keep a large chunk of it they probably could have gotten i don't know how this stuff works but i would think there's right. some kind of yeah. precedent for hey you found this like basically historic uh like heritage site basically uh, why don't we why don't we like thank you and honor you for the from the uh, from the people of spain to you odyssey and instead you have to return your treasure and pay us a million dollars this is true yeah and that's it that's, That's all there the, is That to is it. the Black Swan Project. It, I don't it, think we've once said Black Swan Project throughout this episode, but that's what this is. That's what this is called. Why is it called that? Um, they were just a fan of the... <laughs> of the, the Darren movie. Aronofsky film? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's extremely good. Yeah. Uh, Mila Kunis doing a great job. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Natalie Portman, but Mila, I feel like we have to give her her flowers. Yeah. Also, there's a graphic novel based on this. Really? Yeah. Is it is it inside a larger uh, graphic novel <laughs> about uh, uh, superheroes? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Can I... Well, Charlotte... Yes. You're a musician. This is true. You've been known to sing. Mm-hmm. Yes? I'm a... Yeah, I kind of have the qualities of a bard. Okay, yeah. Or a clown. 
you know? A singing clown. Yeah, thank you. I, thank you for, thank you for <laughs> a that. A clown of song. Yes, a, cl- a, a clown with a heart for, for, the so- for music. Yeah, uh, Mom's Home on Spotify. Mom's Can I Home get, on more than Spotify I, instead, no, everywhere. Please don't pitch yourself. It's, okay. it's rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you be so kind as instead of an honorable mention today, I would like kind of a siren. Imagine you are luring a young sailor uh-huh. to, his, to his death. Mm-hmm. What do you what are you doing? What so are you saying? Uh, okay, this um, is a, this is to replace the foghorn. Controversial, I know. Wow. Okay, it, it goes it would probably if I'm if me I'm luring a sailor to his death to be dashed upon the rocks. Um, yes. Oh boy, it probably would sound something like hey. So just a foghorn? No, that's different. You're not a musician, okay. so I I'll I'll give you a pass. But it's hey, busted, different. busted. <laughs> So today's honorable mention, as you may have guessed, concerns those half fish, half woman sirens of the sea, those wondrous aquatic creatures who either lure sailors to the death or, much to the chagrin of their fathers, marry them. That's right, everybody. Mermaids have been spotted in Israel. (laughs) Yeah, and someone's got to do something about it. Uh, This was also in October of last year, so. That's right, baby. Yeah. The city of Kuryat Yam was abuzz with activity after several people claimed to have seen a mermaid. One local was quoted as saying, I was with friends when suddenly we saw a woman laying on the sand in a weird way. At first I thought she was just another sunbather, but when we approached, she jumped into the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we saw she had a tail. Okay, kind of burying the lead on that one. Yeah. So was this in fact a mermaid or just a beautiful babe on the beach who decided to go for a swim when a group of men approached her? <laughs> Excuse me, miss. No, 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 no. It's like 20 babe. guys approaching a woman on the beach because they're concerned that she's laying down in a weird way. In a weird way. We saw you were laying in a weird way, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the town ended up getting so much tourism that the local government has offered a $1 million reward. To whoever can photograph the creature. Uh, Now, I'm just speculating here. That's so cool. Will you walk this path with me? Uh, I would, except in place of legs, I have a tail. So I'll just kind of pull myself along this path with you. My guess here is that they probably, when offering up a million dollar reward for the photograph of a mermaid, Mm -hmm. they probably know that they will never, ever ever have to pay that money. Oh, we don't know that. Right? Okay. (laughs) We don't, or you don't. They do, though. (laughs) I'm sorry, you don't have a hopeful soul. (laughs) That's, yeah, well. (laughs) That's, I mean. It saves me millions of dollars, though, not having a hopeful soul. That's got to juice the the turret, like the coverage, right? Because if it's like an article, it's like, man sees woman, uh, has tail and it's like but now when you're like town offers one million dollar reward well then you're getting into like you know fan, the fantastic you're getting into a whole yes. different territory yes that's that's good pr you know oh yeah and, and i would hope that uh the people of kiryat yam are engaging in all kinds of uh hijinks to uh Maybe find this this elusive merwoman, or they're oh, yeah. making up hoaxes, or they're trying to yep, like. Yep. I feel like if this were a movie, at some point someone would like dress up like a dog 
in like a costume or put like a put like a a woman's face like mask on a porpoise. Mm-hmm. That's that Very seems sure. like how this would kind of proceed. Yeah. Um, wherever she is, um, below the depths, I'm sure, um, singing with all manner of sea creatures. I hope she's doing well. Yeah, and she's probably. I mean, we agree she's probably a ten, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's no question yeah. about it in my mind. I don't know why a group of uh, strange men would approach her otherwise. <laughs> a large group of men. <laughs> a large group of men just out and about. Yeah. Storming down the beach, fully fully clothed. They're not in, like, beach attire. <laughs> no, they are not. They're wearing suits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's our show. That is our show. And guess what, Patrick? What's that? That show, it's written by Paige Wesley. Okay. And that very same show, it's edited by Kelly Reynolds. Well, then who the hell did the show art? I'm so glad you asked. Stevie Jude. Oh, did God. okay. I was worried we wouldn't art. have that info. No, I've got a, I've got a source. <laughs> okay, okay. I've, I've, got, I've got someone on the ground. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And they, hold on. They're telling me that I'm Charlotte. <laughs> okay. And who am I? <laughs> they said they don't have you in their books. Oh, okay. Well, I can confirm I am Patrick. Okay, well, I'll wait until my guy says so. Yeah. Best be safe. Thanks, everybody. See Hold on. Week. Wait, he's oh. he's saying that yes. Mm-hmm. May your bones bleach in in what? In what? The line went dead. Damn. Off the top of my head, I would guess uh, stones. <laughs> All right. Well, may your bones bleach in these stones. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.